everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Steel Clay Podcast, where we are two vessels of clay working out the heavyweights of life. We want to thank you for joining us this evening. We hope you enjoy the conversation. We are here. My love, my love. Yes, I have made it. Mm, I see this um app did an update. Okay, little update. I see you. You like it? Uh, yeah and no. Okay. Uh, because uh, yes, because the 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 numbers and stuff are bigger. You know me. I need to take off. I take off my glasses because I've had them on all day, so I don't have to wear my glasses. But uh, I don't think I like. I don't like these colors. But you know, I'm not the app designer. <laughs> so I digress. Okay. Go on, get us started so we can kick this party off. Okay. Well, God, we thank you, God. We thank you for an opportunity to God to be together, God to be able to to fellowship with each other, God to be able to share laughter and love with each other. God, we just pray that the spirit that you've put within us, God, this divine friendship, God, that the love that we share, God, would just resonate with your people, God, that they would hear something on tonight, God, that would speak to their hearts and minds, God, that they would be moved, changed, or affected by what it is that we are doing with this podcast, God. We dedicate it back unto you, God, and we claim all of this success for your glory, God, and we thank you, God, that you would anoint these lips of clay god to be able to speak on your behalf god and we just pray that your words would come out father that none of us god but all of you we just thank you father for the opportunity god we thank you god for using us god we thank you for being god alone and we give you all glory honor and praise in jesus name amen amen listen this is the (laughs) real gully episode Ooh, real gully. Okay, well, let's get real, into it. Real gully. Because, hold on. If you can tell, I'm eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm too booked. <laughs> I am so... Girl, when I say overworked, mm. I was like, you know what? We gonna have to... They gonna have to get the real, the real raw because I'm hungry. <laughs> Not the real raw. I'm hungry, and but I will try not to be rude and caught with food in my mouth. Mm-hmm. But I found this restaurant that does the sticky rice like they do it um, overseas, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be like just give me a bowl full of rice. But so I, I got some catfish too. <laughs> hush puppies. <laughs> I got some catfish and hush puppies. Hush puppies, and so I didn't. I ate the fish while I was waiting. And the hush puppy, but this rice, I be saving this rice for last because that's all I really wanted was the rice. But that's understandable. Very, because you know they call me a little geeky because I love rice. Oh, okay. So as I was praying about, you know, this episode, and I was like, God, you know, what is it that you would have for us to converse about? To you know, have a dialogue on. Check in. I'm like, check in what? A hotel? Mm. Check in. Sometimes we go, we go, we go. Well, reverse that. Me back that out. A lot of times we go so much that even though we 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 have our set prayer time, we have our set 
um, time that we sit with God, time to read the Bible, meditate, uh, um, get by ourselves, however you want, you know, whatever time you want to call it, yoga, go take a walk or whatever. We have more times where we are busy mm-hmm. and we're on the go and it feels like we have, we, it feels like we have on roller skates. Mm-hmm. because we're going from one place to another one thing one thing one thing for another and this you know this plague pandemic whatever you want to look at it as did slow a lot of us down mm-hmm. it did but for counselors and teachers the work picked up indeed so i was talking to the interns that came through our center they're doing it uh, for count they're doing internship for counselors like five of them so I was talking to them and I was like, hey, you know, so everybody going to be a counselor. Nobody's trying to be a teacher. They was like, ooh, definitely not a teacher. But they were doing a counseling thing. And I was like, you know what? The percentages of people going to counselors now has exponentially. Okay, I'm just going to stop trying to use big words today because it's not working. Has gone up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like. The percentage, I want me just being from the outside looking in, being a teacher and working in a center where we are trauma-based and we teach from a trauma-based standpoint. Um, So therefore, we have counselors and teachers working in tandem with a girl because it's an all-girl school. I want to say about 300-fold. Wow. I want to say about 300-fold. But also, I'm also seeing people abuse the counselor card as far as the check-ins are all day every day versus you get your allotted time to go into your counselor say like this one girl got her on schedule trying to get on the schedule to write down what she's going through what she's feeling to keep her in class more what she's doing, what she's feeling, write it all down. And then on Friday, you go when you go see your counselor, that's your day to do, to get it all out. To like really, you know, but because she was so used to the other counselors coming to get her, as soon as she say, I'm triggered, she goes. So I'm noticing the burnout in a couple of the new counselors. I'm like, dog, y'all ain't made it 30 days yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, check in. Like, check in with, and let's just have a check-in conversation and what that looks like for people and how often should you check in? Because I know one of the things we talked about over the years is the strong, us strong people do not get that phone call. Right. Because everybody automatically assume, oh, Shonda's okay. Oh, 10, all right. And then when you call them because something is on your heart or God, you know, give you a dream or you, you feel a tug in your spirit or whatever, and you call them, you're like, hey, oh, I've been thinking about you for three days now. Why haven't you called? Right. <laughs> That'd be my first question. They'd be like, uh, and I get the him and the hum, and I'm like, Mm-mm. there's no excuse, especially if somebody's been on your heart for three days. Come on now. How long should thou go without checking in with people? And then want to use the excuse, oh, or whatever excuse, because you really don't get a real true answer. So let's speak about that. You know, save, not save, uh, the devil, you know, whoever you want to, whatever, where are you at on the spectrum of your faith? 
you still want people to check in with you for the sake of saying, dog, my sister or my brother or whoever checked in on me. What does, from a counselor standpoint, give us some insight about check-ins with your people. Oh, first of all, you said a mouthful. Mm -hmm. Um, You started off talking about how you noticed that the need for uh, mental health has increased, but also at the time people abusing it. And so I want to, um, I want to, to address this notion of abusing mental health. Um, Because the thing about it is this, we can look at it as abuse and in Mm one aspect of it, it it is because people are not um, managing their emotions and their situations on their own. They're always looking for crisis intervention. Right. But on the mm. other hand, it's not because the reason why they're always looking for crisis intervention is because they've never learned coping mechanisms. They've never learned proper coping mechanisms. So things get scary and triggering for them really fast. So, you know, sometimes we get frustrated with people who say that I'm triggered all the time, but in all actuality, coming from a traumatic background, just about anything can be a trigger. But what I found is that people are not willing to put in the work that the counselors are giving them in order to manage and address those triggers. Mm. So, yes, they're triggered. And yes, being in a pandemic on top of the fact that I have such a traumatic background is extra triggering because now some of the coping mechanisms that I would have used, I can't use. So even for myself... When I had a building, I would find my I would find myself leaving if I had two hours break or three hours break in between. I would find myself leaving and going to the coffee shop down the street and getting a work done at the coffee shop, just changing my environment to get away from some of the uh, stress being induced by being in the building. When you sit in the building, you sit with whatever people have left. You. So I can't do that. So sometimes I find myself struggling to find a change of environment. So. Um, I don't get check-ins. I never, I never have. Um, I'm almost 40. And I think I've had somebody call me maybe three or four times in my life. Two of them have been you. And people have said, hey, how you doing, girl? I'm just calling to check in with you. I don't, I don't get that. And if I don't check in with people that feel like I should check in on them, I get nasty text messages and emails about how I must be mad at them or I don't care or I don't love them as if they're the only thing that I have to do all day is check in with them. All right. Let me, let me, let me pause there. <clears throat> Cause you said something and people might be like, well, I thought they were real close and all that. So when she says she may have got one or two check-ins for me, it, it, this is a whole nother level of a friendship. Right. Like when I say top notch friendship that, uh, when I know something is wrong, oh, she gonna get that text. Right. So when she knows something is wrong, she, I'm gonna get that text. Right. We've developed our friendship and our and our connection, our relationship to the point where ours transcend the physical body. It's straight spiritual. We can sense even, ooh, excuse me, miles apart. We can sense something is wrong. It's almost like we one person in two different bodies. Yeah. We can't get around the feelings. We might try to and like, I don't want to talk about it, but okay, well then we'll just sit on the phone until you feel like talking about it. Or I'm going to call you back until you feel like talking about it. Not that we want to know each other's business, but we know that release is necessary. Mm -hmm. 
we know the go ahead no i was just gonna say you know you and i talk we don't necessarily talk every day but our text messages are frequent enough that we're always communicating with each other even Mm -hmm. even when it's not no communication it's communication so sometimes she'll send me a text out the blue because she wants to be able to remind herself of something later okay and so i'll i'll hop on the text message and put in my thoughts to whatever it is that she sent me even though it don't have nothing to do with me right now she's just sending it to me as a reminder as far as conversation but she's the only out of out of all the people that i can call friends i only have a couple that will recognize that there's something that's going on with me or they haven't talked to me in a while or i'm in an unusual space and will call me and check in um so strong people don't generally get that because people always assume that they have it and people are always uh, used to them being the ones to reach out to everyone else. And um, what happens to people who get, who are strong is they experience, I don't want to, I don't like to call it depression because it's not depression, but it looks like depression where they don't want to be on the phone with people. They don't want to talk to people. They kind of withdraw a little bit. And it's not because they're depressed, but it's because they're carrying pe- so many of other people's things. So this can't, you just gonna talk about me like that? I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about me. But I mean, if the shoe fits, baby, you know, two step. You know how I feel about it. <laughs> Put it on Cinderella. Let's go to the I ball. Mean, let's get into it. If it fit, I mean, if it if it fits you, the one. That's that's a princess. <laughs> I'm assuming nobody else wore size six in the whole window because. <laughs> okay. But if the shoe fit, boo, you Cinderella, okay? So, I mean, that that's just the way that it is for people who are strong. And, and, and it's a societal thing. It's not limited to black, white, women, man. It's, it's not limited to anything. Overall, as a society, we overlook those people who always seem to have it together, which is why when you hear news reports of people who have committed suicide or, you know, uh, have tried to hurt themselves, you hear their friends and family say things like, well, we didn't know anything was wrong. Oh, we just talked to them the other day and they were fine or they didn't show any signs it's because they've always been the one that have appeared to be a strong tower in the midst of things and they became overwhelmed with other people's things mm-hmm. and it's easy to do that when you're a naturally compassionate person you tend to be um empathic which means that you're able to sense and feel and understand other people's feelings without words and when you can do that sometimes you unintentionally and usually unconsciously find yourself experiencing the feelings of other people as well not just understanding them and sensing them but experiencing them yourself almost taking them on sometimes so much you don't even understand that they're not yours That's which good. is why I tend to shy away from using the term depression for people a lot, because a lot of times we don't understand how other people's moods and energy can jump onto us or can transfer to us. And we can end up wearing them and feeling as if we're depressed and we're really not. Really, we've been around somebody that has not only drained our particular energy, but also has negative energy with which they're expelling around you and it ends up transferring. Mm. Mm. Wow. I talk to my kids about this all the time because you know they're aware they're just they just don't know what they are aware of 
So my son will come in the room and I'll be standing at the ki- in the kitchen and I'll be thinking about something that's aggravating me, but not saying anything out loud, just standing there. And he comes in the room and he puts his arm around my shoulder. Now this happened yesterday. He put his arm around my shoulder and he looked at me and I said, Hey babe, what's up? And he's like, mom, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. And he's like, are you sure? And I say, yeah, why do you think something's wrong? He's like, I don't know. I could, I could just feel like something's wrong. And I said, that's what I mean when I tell you that something's wrong with your energy or your energy is off. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, you could just walk in a room and you can feel when there's something not right or there's something off. I said, and that particular feeling is resonating from another person's energy. I said, so you act like you don't know what I'm talking about, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. You being able to sense when other people's are angry or irritated or frustrated or sad, and then be able to address the emotion, recognizing it and picking that up. It's not something that everybody can do, right? But everybody can feel it. They just don't know what they're feeling. Hmm. My, of course, my vision of all of this coming from a teacher perspective, I deal with adults and kids, sometimes straight kids, because sometimes the adults that you work with are just like the kids that you teaching or that you are trying to mold and shape for the, you know, for the society. So there was a, uh, so there was a situation we talking about feeling the energy and being called into the prophetic and being an empath myself. I never fully understood growing up when I walked in the room. How did I like, oh my goodness, why does it feel like that? And do y'all smell that? And they'll be like, what is you smelling? What what are you seeing? Like, don't nobody smell that, don't nobody see that. And just being able to pick up on that stuff. But as I got older, I was able to understand when my when my counselor pointed out to me, you know, the impact is, and I was like, Yeah, the man on um <laughs> you talking about <laughs> <laughs> She said the same thing. She started laughing. And I was like, my husband, you know, at the time I was married. No, I would say my ex-husband, because I don't think I was married when I went to counseling, was, you know, used to watch Star Trek. And of course, you know, you want to just, you know, be up on him, bond, and, you know, all of that. So I got into Star Trek like that. And so that's how come I knew what an impact was. Well, at least that's what it said on Star Trek. I didn't really know fully what an impact really did. <clears throat> and so she was like, you need to go look it up. And when I looked it up, it was the same definition that you said. So I was like, oh, my God, this is why I feel this stuff. So this situation came up with this family. And I had said when they enrolled them, yeah, this is going to be a problem. But, of course, you know, my vote wasn't tallied in the, what should, you know, are we moving forward with this? Because I was just getting to the center. And, of course, you tend to look at your more senior people in the building that's been with you the longest. Right. Not the people that just got there and have the more experience that's been dealing with this in, you know, in every other setting, but you deal with the experienced people that's in the building. Like, so Sean and I are somewhere and we're doing something and somebody else comes say something, I would tend to look at Shonda and if she disagree, I'm going to lean over more to her side because we've been together longer. That type of situation. So now you got two fresh brand new teachers, one who's never taught in a regular, no, actually two who's never taught in a regular school but one who was on the counselor side and have a little bit more experience with dealing with kids on that side so when the situation arose and they begin to attack the weaker of the two teachers she kind of took it real hard and I mind my black owned business and so but I said I'll be praying for you and I walked off I'll be praying for y'all and I walked off 
because you have two two brand new teachers, one who who don't really one again never taught in a school at a real school. This is an alternative school. Never taught in a real school. Don't really know the standards. Don't really know what she's doing. And at this particular school, you are able to teach how you want to teach. Everybody know in public schools, them people come into your classroom to do observations. Why you're not teaching to the standard? You tend to learn the ropes really quick. And so when the situation happened, I went to check on everybody that were all involved in this family blow up. And I didn't have the young lady's phone number. So I was like, well, how's she doing? I was like, well, she's considering quitting the brand new teacher that's, you know, <clears throat> the other brand new teacher, again, who came from the counseling side, her thing is more, she has this tough exterior where I see, you know, I grew up with a family like this and I know how hand, how to handle it. And it's like, yeah, you got to lose your teacher certificate handling it in the way you think you you need to handle it. So I'm going, so this morning, I'm looking at my clock and the lady hadn't showed up. The one that's, you know, brand new, brand new. She hadn't showed up to work. So I go on my duty post and we share a morning duty post together. So I go on my duty post and soon she walked. I had my back turned. I knew exactly when she walked in that room. Had my back turned, but I knew exactly when the, oh my God, I'm here. I don't really want to be here. I want to quit. The crying in her spirit Mm. walked in the room so of course I said good morning and I gave her some time then I said are you good she's like yeah I'm good mm-mm, mm-mm. I know I'm still technically 90 days fresh here under less than 90 days I think I'm coming up on 90 days I don't know but uh ma'am I've been the lamb the sacrificial lamb led to the slaughter many times and when I said that I immediately felt her weight shifted onto me as if this lady leaned on me and was like, oh my God, somebody get it. And I didn't have to tell them. I said, I've been there. I said, but I'm going to tell you from experience, don't take this personal. It is not you. Anytime kids don't want to get in trouble with their parents for something they, they've clearly done wrong on tape. They're going to, they're going to find the easy, they're going to find the quickest and easiest target to go after. I said, because my thing is, why didn't they come after me? Why did they come after this other teacher or these other teachers? It's like five or six of us, but they targeted you. So it's something that they sense that they knew you would be the weaker of the two. But here's the thing. You presented yourself as a strong person, but they sniffed out your weakness. You can't put it past the enemy. Y'all thought we was going to step away from the Bible, huh? No. <laughs> We, well, we are always talking about the Bible. <laughs> you cannot put it past the enemy to not know your weakness. So I don't understand when people get upset when they when I say stuff like the enemy go to church to study you. Why don't you take some time to learn your enemy? It's in the Bible for a reason. I don't know why y'all skipping over that 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 section of how he tell you he's a great deceiver. He's this. He's that. You need to know these things about your opponent in which you are in a perpetual fight until Jesus come mm-hmm. back and just say it is done. This is, we, mm-hmm. We're not going to do this no more. So I'm talking to her and I'm letting her know, baby, you don't have to mean what you say and stand on your principles. Because at the end of the day, all of those situations where I have been the lamb to the slaughter, none of the smoke has touched me. I was able to not only put the parent in check very professionally and at the same time 
get on the administrators because, of course, they scared of the parents. So they're going to always side with the parents and the kids while trying to make like they got your back. But, baby, I call all that foolishness out because, as you often tell me, I am a mirror. I will show you yourself real quick and show you how you contribute to the situation that was very combustible in the beginning. So she was like, I just, you know, so she, you know, went on and it's like, well, how it is in regular school? I said, first of all, this should have been your first job. You should have gone to public school to learn the standards, to learn how to do this. So when you came to a job like this, you could better function. And then you would know you would have dealt with all of these situations. That's go- I said, why y'all think I walk around here and like nothing bothers me? Because it doesn't. I've seen every last one of these situations. Every last girl that's in this center, I've seen their situation in a public school setting and how it got dealt with. So I've been able to build up, not only am I already strong, but I was able to build up my tolerance for parents cussing. Oh, well, they cussed at you. Oh, wow, you can cuss. That's the, <laughs> you want to piss a parent off for real? Let them be hard down cussing at you and you just sitting there smiling. What you smiling for? Because you think that cussing at me is going to do anything. You're not, I'm not moved. Don't be so moved by what they're doing. They only reacting to what their children has told them in a in opposition of what you've told because they children don't want to get in trouble. It's all smoke yep. and mirrors. So I I said so I told her I said I was I wanted to check in on you. I asked the other lady because I have her number because she gave it to me. And I was not about to go on the schools, you know, the directory and get your personal number because you might not want me to have your number. And she bust out laughing. Oh baby, I know that too. You don't want me to have your number. That's fine. But I'm here to encourage you and let you know this too gonna pass. And that's not and you should take none of this personal. So then she began to open up. We tend to close in and go within ourselves and only converse with the people that we feel comfortable with. And and those people can't help you. That brand new teacher that was standing with you. Because she, I, I know how to handle this because she, you know, she got that hood and she came from the counseling side. Baby, she's not going to help you keep your certificate if that parent decides to go downtown. This is how you make your money. This is how you live. Do you have any other job? Do you have any other side hustle? She was like, no. Okay. So I can tell you because I've been there. I have that experience. We tend to shy away from those type of people because they don't fit our taste palette. That's that's not a person. She gravitated to the young, the other younger lady because they're in the same age group and same experience level. But when this situation hit, an experienced teacher can tell you how this is going to go down. And sure as I'm sitting here, it's going down the way I told them. Them kids not coming back. And if, if the and the parent might not show up for the meeting on Monday. But if she do, put my name in the ring because if she wants to withdraw her kids, I want to let her know educationally, two of her kids needs to have a further evaluation for as academic is concerned. You know, so those type of check-ins, you might can't get a hold to somebody and you feel the room, you feel the energy, you read the room. Don't be afraid to mm-hmm. say something. You could very well save someone's life. But if you are constantly in your feelings because no one checked in on you, you will miss the cue to check in on somebody Mm -hmm. right there in your presence. And, you know, I often complain to you 
and to God. It's when I don't want to talk to God and I don't want to have anything to do with the prophetic. I get all the <laughs> phone calls. <laughs> uh, he said, you're going to do what I sent you to do, Shug. That's just it. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, so this is what we doing and today? He just be looking at you with his ducks like, whatever. <laughs> Pick that phone up and get to work. And get and you get on the phone. I just really need somebody to talk to it, somebody to pray with. And you gotta go to work. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta put in that work because it's not about you. Is this this is a bigger thing than you? And mu- as much as people want to say what COVID, you know, the COVID situation. I'm glad it happened. I'm not glad that the the and we, the reason why I gave a number of three hundred percent is because I'm looking at it from a kid's point of view. Everybody is getting counseling now. It's like everything mm-hmm. is being exposed now. That your your mindset is not was not in the place to handle this. So read an article. The young man. The mother is suing, I think, the governor, the school board, and somebody else. And then, so three other families. And I'm just going to go on racial profile okay. this case. It's white people. Um, three other families' mothers has joined her in the lawsuit. So the son, when COVID hit, he was a senior in high school. They shut down. You can't do anything. Blah, blah, blah. He was a star athlete. He, he was social. He had a bunch of friends and all of that. Um, graduated, still graduated with honors, still got his offers from other schools. Um, but in her complaint, he didn't get the he didn't get a lot of offers. He he could have got more offers than he received had they was had it was school, had it was this, had the governor not shut down the school, had the school board had opened up the schools, let the kids go to school. So the boy went to college. Still was able to get on a football team in college, but because colleges are taking this real seriously because, you know, COVID is spreading rampant on college campuses, he had to attend most of his classes virtually, Um, social gathering was limited, and he's a social person. Mm -hmm. He ended up committing suicide. He couldn't take it. He couldn't take it. He ended up committing suicide. Now, <clears throat> we could sit here and have a discussion. Matter of fact, let's do have a discussion. Who is to blame for this? Is it the government, it, her governor, the school board, for trying to put safety measures in place so that this stuff won't spread? Is it the mother for failing to realize just because your son is social doesn't mean it, it may have been a cover-up? I'm just playing, you know, Angel's advocate. Some people call it devil's advocate. His his need to be social probably covered up some other mm-hmm. issues. Is it the child's fault for not really speaking out to anybody um, to let them know, hey, I, I kind of need help. I'm not, I'm not doing too well in the pandemic. Because again, he went to college. It wasn't like he didn't graduate. It wasn't like he didn't get offers. In her in her lawsuit, she is saying he could have got more offers. He could have been he y'all stopped him from being social. Y'all stopped him from doing this. So now he's committed suicide, and it's you guys' fault. 
Or is it no one's fault? It was just a perfect storm and he's a casualty. So it's two things. Um, And so I always, always, I don't care how old your child is. If you are a parent, the first place that you should look before starting to blame anybody for anything is yourself. Because parents set the tone in the environment for their children. If you don't, (coughs) excuse me, if you don't encourage your child's emotional and mental well-being in more than one aspect, then you're partially to blame. And this is what I mean. And, and I hate using the word blame because in, in a suicide, there's no quote-unquote fault. The enemy is at work here. From beginning to end, the enemy mm-hmm. is at work. So maybe you weren't there as much as you wanted to be. Let's say you were a working mom and dad and you guys weren't home as much as you wanted to be. But your child was still well cared for, but there were some hours where you weren't available. Those hours that you weren't available through no fault of your own, because of course you have to work to make a living. In those hours that your child is not with you, they are still learning. So what are they learning and who are they learning it from? Well, there's no way of you knowing because you are not there. Okay, so... Over the years, mm-hmm. your child is going to pick up things where they are not in your presence. And when they pick up things, it can either be helpful or harmful to them. Sometimes as parents, we don't understand the ramifications of what our children are experiencing until they're adults. Okay, it looks, it looks small until it's a huge mess. Everything looks controlled while it's at the house because your children don't want you in their business. Your children want to have lives of their own. So they're not going to tell you when things are wrong, when things are right, when friends are good, when friends are bad, when they're feeling isolated. They're not going to tell you these things, especially if it's a child that either doesn't do conflict well or it's a child that doesn't do um, negative emotions, which I hate using that word because I don't feel like there's any such thing as the negative emotions, but the the less positive ones, so anger or sadness. If you notice that your child tends to gravitate away from those or uses humor to diffuse situations, you need to check in more frequently with that child because they may be internalizing what they're seeing and using humor to deflect. So there's a lot of different things. So I always say before starting to cast blame on any one person, look at yourself and how you either contributed to or helped the situation. That's number one. Number two, this is not even something you should be doing with the suicide because you can't go back and fix it regardless. Even if it is her fault as, as as his mother, she can't go back and change it or fix it. The only thing that she could do is now advocate for others. But to turn around and blame the government for the government attempting to protect all of its citizens, the government is not the government of this mother and her child. The government is the government of the total and entire populace of people. And so their responsibility is to the populace of people, not just to you and your family. So they're not wrong for putting in safety measures. And I don't like putting or casting blame on the victims. Should he have spoken up? Yes. But if we don't instill our children with the ability to learn that their voice is important and deserves to be heard and that there's a space for their voice, then they won't use it. They will not. Well. So, well said. I mean, so I like to stay away from the word blame or fault because if we want to blame anybody, we all need to be blaming the enemy. When Jesus told Peter that Satan desired to have him and to sift him like wheat, that wasn't only a warning to Peter because the enemy roams about the whole earth like a lion seeking who he may devour. It wasn't limited to Peter. Take Peter's name out of there and put anybody else's name in there. And it is the truth still. The enemy is desiring to sift who he can to separate you from the things of substance that are in your life. 
period. So if you don't have anything else in that space, then that means that there is space for the enemy. What the Bible verse says that if <clears throat> you don't, mm-hmm. after you have sweeped and cleaned the mm-hmm. house, if you don't feel it, yes. the enemy will come back. And he will bring seven more. Yes, and it's absolutely than when true. they left. And so, like I said, well stated. And you know, for the conversation piece, because we're human, and our human absolutely. instinct is to blame someone where we don't understand mm-hmm. how could this happen to me. And so. Nah, forget it. People have been quick to say, <clears throat> you don't need to wear a mask. This is a fake. And then those very people turn around and be in the hospital like, hey, this ain't mm-hmm. fake. Wear your mask. So I, I, I don't want to say that this parent and the parents that's you know involved in this are unmasked people. Uh, I'm just, for conversation's sake, it, it's going there, you know? People tend to look for reasons to justify their stance on something that mm-hmm. they shouldn't have been standing on in the first place. Like, what's what's the problem? And I'm going here with the mask thing because, again, you check in with your people. I'm going here with the mask thing. People, you know, the, we kept we keep telling the kids in the center, put your mask on, put your mask on. COVID is real. We've had two scares, um, a couple of scares. But like the, the the recent one came out to be false because the girl actually had the flu. But we had a couple of people that did test. Think and when we did the contact contact tracing, they weren't in the inner center, and so everybody's good. So we're telling the girls in the center, we don't know what y'all do when y'all go home. We hear the stories of how y'all did this. And y'all, oh, we don't go nowhere. Stop lying because now the stories you've told in my class, you you lied. So at the end of the day, you lying, period. Either you did or you didn't. But if you're telling stories like, oh, you go here and you go there just to make like you get out and you got all these friends, just to boost your rep here, I'm telling you, this ain't the place to do it. And it's not the time to do that because people are actually dying from this mm-hmm. particular plague. It is real. So I need you to put your mask on and I need you to stay six feet away. Unless you're over the same household, you can't. You know, stay six feet away. So one of the girls was like, it only works if you don't have a mask on. Again, little white girl. I said, man, let me tell you something. If you don't give me six feet, matter of fact, give me 50. Because once again, I don't know where you be at. And you too close to me. So when the head counselor was like, we moved, we, I, I shifted those little girls upstairs because we were taking a bathroom break and she was just being all over the place. And so I turned my back to talk to another teacher as they was getting their line together. And when the counselor's like, hey, girls, I need y'all to get six feet apart, put your mask on. And I say, didn't we just have this conversation? I said, oh, but so-and-so said it only works if you don't have your mask on. She told me, she, she I was just playing. So the counselor was like, whether you were playing or not, don't say that out loud no more ever in this center. And she received her because... They like to play the race card at this center. I just be like, child, they don't, she just don't talk to me because she she don't like me. But whatever. If she don't like me because I'm black, then that's her business. She ain't never told me that. But the other, the the head counselor is white. So she kind of got upset when I told the head counselor what she said. Whether she was playing or not, she never made that mention to me. But people tend to Mm -hmm. take stuff for granted 
And then when stuff go wrong, they try to look for other things to blame or other things to grab onto. And so it could be one of those situations. It it could be she legit is straight grieving the loss of this vibrant young man that she cannot even grapple with reality until she plays the blame. See, hang around. See, I've been hanging around you too long. I'm getting into that counselor mode. <laughs> the, the levels of grief. <laughs> so it could be that part. But I just thought the article was quite interesting because I was like, wow, we really go, we really going there. It's just like the article I read about the lady who sued McDonald's because McDonald's fries made her fat. I say, why wasn't I a judge on that case? Because the first question I want to ask is, that's well, what who I want to know. McDonald's who spent her money on day? McDonald's and forced it down her throat? Like just because my child cries for McDonald's don't mean they finna get it every day. But you felt like that's what you had to do because she was throwing tantrums. Like legit, this is in the documents. She would throw, t- girl. I promise you, you you ask me how I find these stories. I tell you, I get lost in the abyss of of reading because I love to read and I'll read my news versus watching it. I'm weird like that or whatever you want to call me eccentric. I don't care. I rather read the news. But <laughs> so I find these weird articles buried under headline newses and I'd be like who who does that you actually blame McDonald's for getting your daughter fat and won that's that, 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 like the same the people that, got, that won the lawsuit with the McDonald's over the coffee over them years because uh, they spilled the McDonald's hot coffee on them and they said I guess they said, said, said that McDonald's was negligent by not having a warning label for how hot their coffee actually was I just that doesn't make any sense to me if I order coffee I expect to be hot like I like, <laughs> I don't get it I'm confused <laughs> it, and so this goes back to the colloquialisms where they say black people crimes make sense you don't have no money you rob somebody and white people crimes don't make sense because we sit here and we think about stuff like well I expect the coffee to be hot I expect my child to be obese if I give them McDonald's all day every time they have a tantrum that was the only thing that would calm her is McDonald's fries so as a result of that lawsuit if you eat McDonald's fries you know the texture of the fries has changed because that McDonald's had to put in measures because of this lawsuit (laughs) Just like they had to not put a warning label on their cups that said that their coffee is hot because of these lawsuits. And so not only should you check in with your friend or your people, you should check them as well. Like, come on, dog. Come on. Now, you know, good way that was your fault. We don't have a, we don't, I like one, the, the one comedian said, you need a pull up, man. And the guy was like, what's a pull-up, man? Man, come on, pull-up. Stop doing it. Stop doing that. Pull-up. You better than that. Mm-hmm. You, you need a pull-up person. You need a person that'll check you mm-hmm. when you're out of pocket. Now, I might not like what Shonda tell me all the time. And, some, and she know when I'm not listening to her because I get quiet. Just as well, I know when she's not listening to me because she's ready to get off the phone. <laughs> I gotta go. She, because she has too much respect for me to hang up. <laughs> but that don't stop me from saying what I got to say. And baby girl gonna get her say in with me, and then gonna tell me, and I love you. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and so now I'm forced to say I love you back. Because <laughs> if I don't say it, we gonna be on the phone until I say it. 
<laughs> so you need to have that accountability person that not only checks on you, but they 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 make you they make you come to come to the carpet and just lay it all out. Like, listen, come on now. This is it's a so result interesting of that we whatever. have this conversation because last night, um, my kids and my husband decided that since it's uh, February, <clears throat> right? They want to commemorate the month. So every night this month, they're watching uh, some great, great black history movie. Either it's got to be about a specific civil rights event or it's got to be about, um, you know, based on a true story. Right. So last night they watched The Great Debaters. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, OK, cool. I like The Great Debaters. That, that's my joint. We can watch that. So we're watching The Great Debaters. Now, when the show gets done, my husband starts talking to them about that phrase that Forrest Whitaker used in a movie with his son. He tells his son what do we do? And the son says, well, we do what we have to do so we could do what we want to do. And so my husband was talking to my sons and he's like, look, y'all, he's like, God is always looking for a man who will stand in the gap. He said, now I've declared that I'm going to stand in the gap. He said, but I'm not going to sit here and tell y'all that it's easy right here in this gap where I'm standing. He said, I need somebody to, to, to be my accountability partner. And my son had told him that he would do it. And so something my husband was supposed to do and he didn't do and he says why you didn't say anything to me why you didn't you know say hey dad you know you said you were going to do this and you didn't do it and then my son said well I didn't think it was going to be appropriate you know because you're my dad and then my husband was like everybody needs somebody to tell them when they're not holding the standard period he said let me explain something to you we all have a wilderness he said the first 40 years of our life is our wilderness he said, if you don't learn everything it is that you need to learn, if you don't have your life together by the time you get into your 40s, he said, generally, you will be reaping the fruits of whatever that is. You're either going to go into the promised land, he said, or you're going to have to lead your kids in there because you couldn't go. He said, he said, now I got a couple of years left. Mm. He said, now I'm telling you right now, I'm trying to be in a place where I could go into the promised land instead of having to watch y'all go in because I didn't do what I was supposed to. He said, so I, I, I don't care if you feel like, well, you're, I'm the dad and you shouldn't say anything. He said, we all have to be accountable to somebody. He said, and, and I ain't perfect. He said, and y'all ain't perfect either. He said, and if you think that you can get away in this life without being accountable to somebody or something, he said, it's, life is not going to work out for you. So this is me being accountable. He said, so I need y'all to help me be accountable. Tell me when I'm messing up. Tell me when I don't have it together. Ask me, am I okay? Get on my nerves about stuff. He said, yeah, I might have an attitude. He said, I'm, and I'm telling you, I might have an attitude. He said, <laughs> he said, because I'm human and I can't all the time not have one. He said, I try, but I'm, I'm just human. He said, that's it. I know, I know sometimes it seems like I'm more. He said, but I am just human. He said, so I need y'all to treat me like I am and, and tell me about myself when I'm at, out of pocket. And I'm sitting there like, okay, well, let's get into it then. Because, you know. <laughs> no, that couldn't have been my child. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. That couldn't have been my child. Oh, baby. My son was at the hospital when the doctor told me my, my oh, yeah. mom had the first, uh, when I had to rush home from, um, they called me and said they rushed to the hospital. They about to do double um, bypass surgery on the heart. So I left him up in Georgia, rushed home, got her situated, set it, set through that 20 some hour surgery, came back and got him. So he was sitting there, <laughs> he was sitting there and you, you don't think a child is, well, a child Indeed. is always paying attention, whether you think they are or not. So the doctor is telling her, Hey, don't do this. Oh yeah. You got to quit smoking because if you don't quit smoking, you're going to be back in here. We're going to be doing this all over again, or you're not going to make it this time. And so she was like, I know, I know. So, you know, of course she said all the things right and did all things right. So she can leave the hospital. So she gets home. 
And I'm in the room. And he coming there with his apple because I was uh he he was urgent apple, so I've been introducing apples in his diet so he can, you know, build up a tolerance for it. So girl, he come in with this big old red apple. I think it was four, chewing on the apple. Didn't the doctor tell grandma to stop smoking cigarettes? I say, yeah. Well, grandma out there on that porch smoking them cigarettes. <laughs> so he I I birthed my accountability partner. Like he legit will tell them. I said they could have been Leroy because he would have told it. Hey, Dad, mm-mm, you told me to tell you. So I'm just laughing at the fact that, you know, my son has no problems. with it, Very respectfully, but he will tell you, oh, you, and don't tell him that you want him to be the accountability partner because, baby, you, you're not going to get away with nothing. You're not. So, but, yeah, we do. We do. We need that person to um, tell our goals to and do a vision board with and to be held accountable, you know, exercise with, okay, sis, I want to lose this amount of much weight or, you know, whatever. We need that person and you shouldn't I'm not going to say you shouldn't, but you should want to mm-hmm. have somebody like that in your life. No man is an island and, you know, we always you know, there's no I in team and all of that, but no man is an island. And if you could make it in this world, by I just yourself, had that hey, conversation. Let me know how they work out for you. I, I promise you, like you all in it today because <laughs> my client um, had got what she considered a job offer, right? But when she went to go back and talk to the gentleman about the job offer, um, he tells her that you know she has to submit a resume and she has to you know do all this application stuff, and she just thought she was gonna walk in and get the job. So it's not a guaranteed. And so she, we're talking about it. And so, you know, she's really disappointed at this point. Like, she's really upset. And I said, okay, well, what did you lose in the transaction? And she said, well, I don't know what you mean. And I said, well, well, what happened? Did you did you spend money? She was like, well, no. I said, well, did you drive, you know, all the way out to this place expecting to get hired and you didn't get hired? She said, no. I said, well, did you submit all this paperwork and then they denied you? She said, no. I said, well, did you call around to a bunch of people and, and waste your time? She said, no. I said, okay, so you're about to cry, but you didn't lose anything. You didn't even quit your other job thinking that you were going to get a new job. Like, like nothing like that. Like, like nothing. She was like, well, no. And I said, well, what, well, what do you think you learned from this situation? She said, I've just learned I can't depend on people. I said, oh, really? Well, who's going to sign your paycheck, boo-boo? Oh. She said, well, what you mean? I said, if you can only depend on yourself, who's going to sign your paycheck at your job? If you can't depend on the person to sign your paycheck, how are you going to get paid? How are you going to pay your bills? What's going to happen when your phone get cut off? What happens when you need customer assistance for your phone? You going to do it yourself? How did that work out for you last time with Apple? Who's going to who's gonna be your client so that you can get more money into your clinic where you work at? She said, I don't understand what you mean. I said, if there's nobody else in the world that you have to be in connection with, then your life is going to slowly wither away, baby, because this life don't work without other people. It don't. If you want to be a writer, fine. You want to be an entrepreneur, fine. Go be an entrepreneur. Who's going to use your services or buy your products if you can't count on other people? We we always want to dismiss the concept of other when people things don't pan out the way that we want them to. But I need people to start getting in touch with the fact that you're going to be disappointed from the cradle to the grave, baby. First time that that doctor, uh, yeah, the first time that that doctor slapped your tail, well, you, you, you might have been a little disappointed that your mama let him slap you on the booty to make you cry. That's going to be the first disappointment that you have. 
the last disappointment is that you're going to have is right mm. before you die when you realize that there's some stuff that you didn't get to do that you wanted to do. From the cradle to the grave, you're going to experience it. So the best thing to do is to rearrange your mindset concerning it. Because if we fall apart at every disappointment, then we'll always be triggered. And then, well, I had to because so you just went, you just went in on a little bit. Sometimes we take our disappointments and make them the end all be all, and they're not. Okay, so you made a mistake here, and your reputation, you think, quote unquote, you think your reputation is ruined. You think that you have nothing left in this town. Pick your tail up and get on a Greyhound for $25 and go start a new life somewhere else. You know what? The Greyhound does not cost one. Ma'am, <laughs> you know what? That's just like the little girl told me today. I messed up. I say you messed up on what? We was doing a, a relational thinking map. I'm using oh, yeah, my my idea. you know counselor connection and in tandem in in tandem with you know the teaching. So we did a relational thinking map. And the girl said, "I hate this." I said, "Hey, what thinking maps?" I said, "Why?" Because make you think. And I said, "Map out your thoughts." Okay, let's go for it. She's like, "Miss Clayton, I don't like you there right now." I was like, "Cool, I don't care. I'm not here to be like, but let's go." So we start doing a relational thinking map relating the characters of these two different stories on this map. Mine looks like a complete map because, you know, me, I don't really care as long as I get my point across. But hers, she was doing teardrops as the map. I'm like, oh, that was creative. She's a very creative girl. So she said, oh, I messed up. And I was like, messed up on what? She said, on my paper. And I said, well, ooh. She said, what, Miss Clay? I said, guess what? You did it in pencil. You can erase it. And she was like, Right. Mind just blown. We think that <laughs> the only mistake you can't come back from, That's if it. you want to call it mistake, is when you're dead. If you have breath in your in your body, you can recover from the mistake. I was thinking this morning as I let mm-hmm. Max out, uh, because you know it's too cold, I'm not going out with him. Um go, go do your business, Max, and I'm gonna be in here. <laughs> And I was thinking at the sink and I said, okay, I like, I got the dog out. I don't, I don't want to get back in the bed because I will go back to sleep. So I start fixing my lunch. And I was thinking about the things that people have done me wrong, has did wrong to me. And, you know, this is how to end me, you know, try to start your day off sometimes. I, now, trust me, I done prayed and singing, singing the blood of Jesus. You know, I know it was the blood. That's the song I was singing. But these thoughts started entering into my mind about how, People have believed a lie about me when they have my phone number and could call me and ask me if they was really concerned and and how people spreaded those lies. Mm. And what was the benefit of them doing that? Of course, to gain sympathy, people be on their side um, and different things. And so I was sitting there and I was like, well, Tangela, where are these thoughts taking you? You know, when they were doing all that lying on you and the people was believing all those lies, baby, you don't bought a house, no money down by yourself. You started a business. You've written books. You about to be publishing books. Like you've legit never Mm -hmm. went hungry. (laughs) You've never gone hungry. You've never gone without clothes because even when I couldn't afford clothes, I made my own clothes. I just went to the sewing machine like I had been doing it for years. Now, mind you, I learned how to sew in middle school many moons ago and not a, and does not sew on a regular basis, but went to the store with the little money I had, bought a sewing machine, a little small one, 
and some fabric and begin to make my own clothes. So I, you've never been naked. Like you've actually been ingenious in the things that you've been able to do with little. So now that you have a little something in the bank, now that you are able, you, you're sending about three, you got three kids in colleges in college, depending on you. And they're not even your kids. Look where God has taken you. All the while, these folks have been lying on you or these folks has been believing these lies. That was not my mistake. That was not nothing that I've done. But look where, but look, what, what, where these thoughts are taking you? Are you trying to feel sorry for yourself? Are you trying to be down? Like, where are you going? Because we're not finna do this today. Literally, this whole conversation is going on in my head. We're not finna do this. It's like how the good, the good tangible on one soda and the bad tangible on the other soda. They was like really legit having the whole conversation. While I'm making my sandwich, I'm fixing my lunch. And I just finally had to say, you know what? Enough is enough. God is good. Today is going to be a good day. I speak life, not death. I will live and see that, you know, I will live and profess the goodness of this. Started quoting the scriptures and everything. Indeed. Sometimes you have to check yourself. You have to check in on yourself and you have to check yourself. But you can only do that by getting in your word. You can only do that by having the spirit of Christ. You can only do that by having a relationship with God and to know that his thoughts he has for you, Jeremiah 11 and what, 29? Or 29 and 11. I said it backwards. His thoughts that he has for you are good are good and not evil. Thoughts for you to prosper and be in good health. You gotta believe that stuff. Because I can check in with you all day long. But if you don't believe what God has said about you and not what people have said about you. Somebody, I, somebody said it or I read it. The biggest struggle people have is, is trying to figure out why, what, what is it? Why people don't like them or fitting in with people or something like that. But I knew what, I knew what they were trying to say. Once you get over people and how they feel about you and all, that you, you, the battle is licked. Like, like you can go on and see the Lord. Because the main thing is, you're just looking at how would this person think? What did this person think about me? What do we, what? And that's what one of the things that kept me perpetually in a bad state of mind. Why do you know why these people believe in this about me? They they've ate. They sit at my house. They've ate my food. They hung with me. I you know I went this place. I've never been what they you know what these people said. Mm-hmm. why do you care what they believe because the people that know you know you and so I just picked up my tools and went on like I said and it be on these days well, I, and this wasn't the day I said I'm done with God or whatever because <laughs> uh, y'all often tell God I'm not talking to him uh, <laughs> But it was just one of those days I had to battle with myself and then finally quiet the noise and say, you know what? This ain't what we about to do today. Then I walked in and like I said, I felt that young lady's spirit. I didn't even see her come in the door, but I felt it when she came in the door and was able to minister to her. You you have to you have to do those things because God have you here not just for you and your little immediate family or the people that are around you. He has you here for strangers. He said, be yep. careful because some has entertained angels unaware. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be, you gotta be ready to dispense that word to give. You know what I'm saying? Because if you study ingesting the word, you're gonna get mm-hmm. obese in the word, you're gonna die of obesity of the word. 
and no exercising of it and no exercise you got to exercise that word out you have to and to go back to the whole thing no man is an island if you think about a forest and the trees and they roots Mm. go down do you think them roots go straight down and don't touch other roots why do you think that forest has stood hurricanes and have stood different weathers is because those roots are intertwined. They are they are commingling underground and they're helping each other stand. It's it's so much so that if you if you were you had X-ray vision eyes, I bet you if you looked underground, mm-hmm. you would see that you don't know where one tree starts and another one ends. But yet they stand in their own spot in that forest. We need people. You might not need, you know, me today. We might not even know each other now. We don't know you as an audience. All you know is you, you click on, you join the conversation, and you hear these two, two vessels of clay, you know, conversing back and forth, and you find yourself in this conversation, and we are reaching you. And that's all we're set here to do, is to reach you. So I'm trying to hurt? figure out why people don't think they need other people. It do. But when you, like you said, when you realize that you're going to be disappointed, you have no expectations. You have none. Now, if Shonda says, hey, I'm coming into some money, I'm going to bless you, um, but I don't know when I'm getting it. She said an expectation. I didn't set that expectation. Because she knows me as a friend. You got money. Girl, my friend got her money. I'm celebrating her as if I'm not going to get anything. I'm celebrating her. Mm-hmm. Some people don't do that. Like, <laughs> I know some people. True story. Just happened two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Family member hit the lottery. Told the people that she, you know, she was going to get them some money. And uh, when they got close to the date, start acting funny. But because you told them, they're not expecting it. Mm-hmm. They're not expecting it. But you set that expectation. And if you didn't, if you really was, didn't want to share, then why did you set that expectation? So unless somebody give you an expectation to look forward to something, why are you just expecting? Because I've never just walked on the job and not been able to give my resume and stuff. It don't work like that. It's got to be a paper trail. You got to get get into the HR system and get mm-hmm. paid. And we need to know if you qualified. Because, yeah, Shonda might say, hey, y'all, I know a young lady, she can teach. She's been a teacher here in Killeen. She's coming to Orlando. The first thing they're going to do is like, well, uh, can she teach the Florida standards? Has she dealt with this type of kid? <clears throat> so, you know, word of mouth is good, but we want to know what you, what's behind the experience anything else my friend because i really i just really wanted us to you know talk about checking in and what that looks like and you know checking up on each other because i it's really been really really busy and i know how we check in and check up on each other but most people really don't know how that how that look Mm -hmm. and coming from a teacher we have to model those things for the kids you know, I just can't tell them, oh, go and figure out the main idea that they've never heard or knew what the main idea was, is. So I have to go model and show them in the text, hey, this is what it looked like and this is how you translate it to your answer. And so in doing that, I just wanted to have that conversation. It's not that I didn't have anything. Trust me, I've always got questions and stuff. 
I've always got a story, but it was like, you know, I just kept sensing, you know, we need to check in. Like, we need to just have a, you know, hey, let's just conversate on, you know, what that looks like and, you know, how people can, you know, be a friend. That's right. Because to be, to have friends, you must show yourself friendly. Indeed. But that's a friend that stick closer to the brother. No, I just want to remind everyone so, any um, final words tonight say? that if you are struggling or if you do feel triggered, uh, find you someone who can sit with you. Find you a counselor. Um, don't worry about whether or not what you have is too much or whatever. Your counselor is more than qualified to be able to deal with it. If you hold it, if you are holding it in or somebody has told you that you are holding in, even if you think that you're not, if someone has said that you are, at least go talk to somebody. Get a professional opinion. If the doctor told you that you had a disease that you know that you weren't showing the signs and symptoms for, the first thing that you do is go get a second opinion. So I'm telling you right now, if your family and friends are telling you that something is wrong or you seem to be holding it in or things seem to be not all right, even if you think you're okay, humor them and go talk to somebody. It doesn't hurt to to talk to somebody. It never hurts to talk to somebody. Even if all you do is end up laughing at your family and friends, and still go and talk to someone because you never know how things are sitting that you never paid attention to. And it happens to us all the time. And before you know it, you're feeling something that you never felt before and you don't understand it. So be preventative. Get checked out. Hey, and black people, stop saying we don't go to psychiatrists. Okay. The to main ones that say that don't do that. Some of y'all don't even okay. do that. And even the Bible says that in the multitude of counsel plans, don't made, do there it. is a space and just for like, counseling. Okay? God has provided it. Ooh. It is one of the jobs mm. of the Holy Spirit, which means that it is one of the jobs mm. that you better eat her. So don't talk about what God instituted. Girl, I love it. <laughs> you better talk that talk. Girl. I like when you talk that counseling talk to me. Talk it to me, girl. <laughs> Black people don't go to counseling, they go to church. Listen, when your arm is broke, you don't you go to a doctor. So if something is wrong in you psychologically, mentally, you need to go see a doctor. And trust me, there are very good ones out there. There are very good ones out there. And hopefully your pastor has gone to some classes and can, you know, now you know work in that area because some pastors are not equipped to handle everything that you know is going on in the mind. They not even equipped to handle the spirit, that's but I'm not gonna talk about these folks. I'm going to pray out because see there. that's a whole nother conversation. And uh, just like girl, girl, that might be next week because uh, y'all know I was running today. If you don't know, I was running today. Try, I was like, listen, I'm almost home when we get home. So I got to go do some homework and to connect with this lady and take a test. So with that. We're going to say, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for being our shepherd that we shall not want. We thank you for being our Father who are in heaven. We thank you for being a way maker. We thank you for being the lover of our soul, the ruler of our hearts, the captain of our destiny. We thank you, oh God. We thank you because we surrender those things to you because we know that it's in you we live and we move and we have our being. And we know that you are going to perfect that which concerns us. So we thank you, oh God. We thank you for the good conversation today on how to check in on, you know, and be that friend. Because God, you told us, oh God, that above everything, charity, love is the greatest of them all. And so that's what we want to show to each other. Also, God, we want to love ourselves, oh God, because so many of us dislike 
ourselves for whatever reasons, oh God. But we thank you, God, that there's a place, oh God, at your feet. There's a place at your throne. There's no place that is taken up. There's no seat that is taken that no one that no one cannot come to. You opened your arms that everyone can come to you. And God, and you instituted these people on earth that can be your representative through doctors, through counselors, through spiritual advisors, whatever they title they go by, that they help people reconcile those thoughts and help people reconcile those emotions that they just can't, they don't know how to deal with. We thank you for these people. And God, we lift them up to you because we know that they take on so much from others that they have to have a place themselves to lay stuff down. For those that believe in you or believers of you, followers of Jesus, we hope that they are going to you and emptying their, their cups to you so that you can fill them up again so that they can do the work again the next day. For those that don't believe in your God, we pray that they find their way somehow to you. We pray that you send the perfect labor in the vineyard to connect with them and let them know, hey, you can go empty your trash at God's feet because he could take that trash and make it treasure. We pray, oh God, for the teachers that are dealing with pandemic teaching, oh God, that have to teach students during a pandemic, oh God, and everything has been thrown in their lap, oh God, and they're being blamed for so much. Even before the pandemic, they were being blamed for so much, so much of the stuff that the parents should have already been doing. The teachers have taken on, oh God. So we pray for them that are hanging in there, God, that are, you know, they get up every morning and say, you know what? I'm going to make it a good day, even though they feel bad. God, we lift them up in the name of Jesus. Continue, oh God, to be who you are and that be God. That means, God, we say, have your way. Have your way, oh God. And we so careful to give you all the glory, all the honor and the praise in Jesus name. All right, sis, let them know where they can find us at on all social media platforms. Absolutely. They can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, all by the same name, Still Clay Podcast. All right, folks, remember, just as we are two vessels of clay still being molded by God, so are you. And until next time, walk in love. <laughs>